And here we go. Welcome to Bitcoin and Altcoin Trading Talk, episode 52. Back again after a long hiatus. How's it going there, everybody? How's the vodka, Alex? I made myself a daiquiri real quickly here. It's uh, it's good. Real good. <laughs> Uh-oh, hang on a second. I'm getting an echo here. Somewhere on my screen. I got my wine here. coming for me? No, I have the I have the hangout open somewhere else, so now just hit bear with me. All right. Anyway, that's a little bit of technical difficulties. <laughs> a little technical. Okay, I found it. All right, we're good. She's I gone. Hear myself. All right. Hey, myself. Yeah, job. Shouldn't you be drinking <laughs> Cavassier? Isn't that how the line mm -hmm. goes? <laughs> oh, fancy. That's a Fancy water glass there. I think it was Tim Raines on Saturday Night Live. He used to do that line with the combustible. Oh, yeah. Talking about the ladies, man? Yeah, yeah there you go. You've got some naked ladies running around in the background, don't you? Oh, damn. Jessica's back there. Actually, Fair you know, enough. I even talked to somebody today about the Bitcoin babe. I, actually, <laughs> I, I had a story with a guy who's in Australia or New Zealand, and he was going on and on about the Bitcoin babe. I totally we should, forgot about we should have her back, man. It's yeah, been like whatever happened to her. Anyways, uh, let me reel this in. Uh, so everybody, welcome, welcome <laughs> uh, back to Bitcoin Allcoin Trading Talk. This is episode fifty-two. Uh, we got a pretty uh, well-rounded cast tonight. Uh, we even have felines joining us, um, so we're happy to have you. Um, we'll see. Is there any way you can ma have the kitty make, like, Bitcoin predictions or anything? <laughs> I think so. I'll give it a shot. Waffles. That's, that's, uh, that's the uh, mascot <laughs> component, isn't it? Yeah. D divide <laughs> the litter box. Divide the litter box oh, in no. two, oh, or uh, long and short, <laughs> and then wherever she goes is what we have to do. <laughs> is that number two only, or, or number one included in that? Oh. that it will be the we size get of into, the like, position. percentages and stuff. Yeah, it will be volume as the size of the position that we need to take. <laughs> okay, anyways, uh, so the guy over there drinking the daiquiri, that's Alex Sturk from Block Talk. How's it going tonight? Uh, really good, yeah. I'm um, diversifying some of my assets. I'm investing in uh, some Lego. It's uh, been pretty good. <laughs> I'll show you guys what I got here. I'm going to build the Capitol building out of blocks. Oh, yeah. You were telling me about that, you know, as far as like a stress yeah. reliever, buying and putting together Legos. Like, That's I might cool. do that. Yeah. I could use it. Yeah. All right. Um, and then, as yeah. usual, we have a Da Vinci. I'm just going to hey. cut you off, Brian, and introduce Dave. <laughs> okay. well, uh, yeah, my name is Da Vinci, and this is Waffles here. She wants to join in the show. She predicts Bitcoins all the way up. All the way up. <laughs> <laughs> all right. On that note, last but not least, Brian Beamish, the rational investor. How's it going tonight? Good, good. Feeling pretty good. Pretty happy. Long day. Holy moly, long, long Yeah, day. well, you got that support ticketing system now, so. Oh, boy. Yeah, we're yeah. Gonna, we're going to start seeing bags under your eyes, and. That's, uh, that's, uh, that's a potion for uh, no sleep, isn't it? Please. Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. And that our, our site issues probably could pale in comparison to the number of users you have to deal with on a daily basis, but um, I suppose... Uh, uh, I'm getting uh, really used to uh, this whole uh, customer service experience. Wow! Oh yeah, yeah. It, it gets a little, uh, little daunting. Yeah. I don't know what I can say. Part of the business. Um, 
Oh, the good yeah. part about it, though, is, is if you can um, teach people uh, to fish, they're eternally grateful. So oh, yeah. Problems. Yeah, I mean, I, I love those those types of tickets where it's, you know, just new folks and, and it, it's rel something that I can actually help them with, um, kind of get set up on, on their exchanges and that kind of stuff. So it's yeah. very rewarding when they come back six months later and, you know, they're still remaining a subscriber and that kind of stuff. So. Um, so kind of on that note, I wanted to segue into a couple quick little coinage updates. Um, so first things first, um, I know a lot of you out there have been kind of eagerly anticipating uh, the exchange that we've been working on kind of behind the scenes at Coinigy. Um, so we've had, we've done some serious soul searching over the last couple of weeks. Um, and it, we really felt that, you know, getting into an exchange now is just going to be more detrimental to our coinage users than anything. Um, so we've kind of decided to basically shelve that idea uh, for the moment. And we're basically rerouting um, our, our devs that were you know, mostly working um, almost, well, two of our devs that were basically working full-time on the exchange. Uh, those two folks are now full force working on Coinigy. Um, we've really seen kind of explosive growth over the past couple months. And um, it just kind of, you know, it was decided uh, as an executive decision, hey, look, you know, as much as it sucks, but we're going to we're gonna not do this exchange. We're just going to let this, let it kind of fizzle out. And we're going to focus on what we do best, which is Coinigy. So, um, you know, that's that's going to be a very, very good thing uh, for Coinigy users kind of going forward. Um, obviously, new features are going to come out quicker. Uh, we're, we've already been basically just knocking out tons of stuff left and right kind of behind the scenes here since we've uh, diverted uh, diverted our resources. So, so yeah. I feel a cough coming on. <clears throat> I'm sorry. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's been, the phlegm has been building up and I'm trying to just um, power through it, you know? Um, yeah. So volume profile chart scanner, those things are obviously Brian, I will look right at the camera. Those things are coming. So, so, uh, so yeah, that's it. That's it for us. Um, well, a couple more things. Um, premium, if uh, any premium users out there, uh, we're going to have trading enabled, uh, hopefully within the week, as well as Livecoin, um, and then Liquid.io, um, and then it looks like we're going to get started on Cryptopia now as well. So that's oh, a pretty, pretty big one. A lot of people have been asking about that. Yeah, I like using Cryptopia. I got a fucking wicked trade off on Cryptopia today on Tits. Man, that was awesome. Can I ask you to include an exchange for me? Like, it's sure. an exchange here in Chile. It's called BTC Sur. They have a, they have an API as well. Is is it and the same thing as Sur Bitcoin, or is that different? No, Sur. Yeah, Sur BTC. Yeah, we Sur have that. Surb. We well, we have it for charting. If oh, it's really? the same one, know. yeah, it's Surb. That's sure? one of the. If it's one of the Blink Trade exchanges, um, we have it. That's like I know there's Chili Bit is one. And then there's Sir Bitcoin, and then S U R B. Yeah, I don't know if that's the same one though. I mean, because sometimes those names overlap. Exactly. I think it's just not the same one. No. Just a second here. Yeah, the one I'm talking about is actually SirBitcoin.com. No, it's S S S U R B T C Okay. Yep. I will get this on our task list. Looks, looks like okay, can I request one while we're on that topic? 
Uh oh, now we're now we're starting the the request. Oh, yeah. What's up? I just want to mention, do a shout out to uh, Tux Exchange, T U X. Um, so uh, they're a Canadian based exchange just uh, up the road from me here, and uh, they're building just some real basic pairings out. But uh, yeah, they're like crack security professionals. They're doing really good work, and uh, I think uh, it behoove you guys to add them at some point cool. in the near future. I'm just taking the notes here. So we have. Have they, have they got a, uh, a connection to a bank, Alex? That's the. Uh, uh, no, no, do they do not? Um, in fact, that's I think. The one thing in Canada that I desperately need is, you know, Quadriga. They're hooked up with the. Uh, I've got the and what's really cool is you can move the money to like credit cards and stuff like that really quickly. Um, but uh, I'm constantly searching for new Canadian houses, and if we can move money to uh, bank accounts, uh, I'd totally uh, be interested in that, Alex. I'm working uh, on fiat on ramp for Canada. There, there's only one fiat platform right now. Actually, you can go to Kraken too. Kraken's pretty good for uh, sending uh, Canadian dollars. I'm working on a fiat on ramp for Ubik as well, and uh, um, there's actually. Uh, I think um, Bittrex will have uh, U.S. dollar on ramps soon. So yeah, that's going to be exciting. Yeah, that's interesting. Actually, you I know saw the pictures of Bill and Richie, you know, signing the documents with a big smile on their face and stuff. I, I wouldn't mind, actually, you guys, especially Alex, because you sort of are on the ins with uh, with Bill. Um, Man, I, I just as sort of a, you know, Bitcoin's awfully toppy here, so I've been taking money out of Bitcoin and trying to think of hedges and stuff. And I put some uh, money into this U.S. dollar tether, and holy crap, I, I you know, I could have bought the shittiest shitcoin out there, and I wouldn't have taken as much heat from my user base as I did buying this tether instrument. I mean, the outcry was just stunning. There's been some pretty crazy news around Tether lately. Um, yeah, I assume you know a little bit, but yeah, it's been uh, terms of service issues where it's not, it's maybe not really backed by a dollar um, as it's supposed to be. And then uh, what was it? Kraken listed it basically. And it started trading below like 90 cents down to like 88 cents or something at one time. That was a couple mm -hmm. weeks ago, but. I do think the spreads are horrible. I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna argue that, but I I did see at the same time though on Trex. I mean, it was doing some serious volumes, so people are moving in and out of this thing. And I just be curious, Alex, when you uh, do you ever consider the tether, and do you ever talk to Bill about how all that experience is going for them? I tried. He's tried to set up an interview with uh, them for me, like. Uh, I got an email exchange. They wanted my list of questions ahead of time, and then when I said I don't really do that, they never heard from them again. So I, I, I think they're a Bitfinex product as well. On the, they're all kind of lumped in. It's a very similar crowd. So I think there is a little bit of sketch associated with it. Is um, Simon involved in that? I don't want to say no, um, but I mean it's definitely a lot of the same veins. Um, so that's where I think like your user base probably was just like, yo, don't, don't even, don't, don't do that. No, no, no. But like it, it's just kind of like one of these blockchain-based assets that is supposed to be pegged. And like right now, I want to do like a Canadian dollar and maybe a U.S. dollar on the Ubic platform. But 
the technical challenges aren't that hard. Like you can do a token fairly easily and say it's backed by Canadian. It's the regulatory of like you're issuing almost like a counterfeit Canadian or counterfeit US dollar and you're promising that it's backed by something. So it turns into a security really quickly or um, it's like how do, how do you even prove that you have uh, the metric to back it? Uh, so. So if I hear you correctly, you're saying that you would like to have this kind of alternative for Ubic users where they can go into sort of like a fiat proxy on the Ubic network? Yeah, I think it would be like a really good funding model for us where we could do an ICO with like a fiat currency and it could actually be very publicly stored for like whoever's fundraising. And it would be really good for us to have that kind of model or have that kind of asset. Oh, on our man. I would just go. I would just go buy Ubic and just for that purpose that I could park some some uh, some <coughs> assets in those in those instruments. And like I said, I was absolutely shocked at the absolute just horror of my user base. Like some people were just like, you know what? I'm leaving the site. Fuck. I'm, there's no if you're buying that. Really? I'm wow. <laughs> wow. That's a little wow. over the yeah, top. Well, extreme. maybe that's a bit extreme, but nonetheless, I mean, that was the sentiment. It was quite shocking. It, it's it's pegged, but yeah, it's kind of it, there's a little bit of gray areas around it, and the, there's other things like BitUSD, and uh, uh, I think. Bittrex actually has a pairing for uh, the Chinese yen version of it, um, or yuan. I always get those confused. Uh, but that one's like done in a completely different way, where there's actually no fiat backing it. It's all based on like a smart contract and on like the price you enter and the price you leave. I don't even know how the hell that works without someone getting hosed on the other end of it. Um, so th yeah, there's a lot of interesting ways to approach fiat. That's let's so look at for that the one. record, I will say that the tether guys don't try and trade this damn tether because when bitcoin's crashing and you know for the people that are watching this video and are thinking okay well if i'm going to use this thing how do i use it i've noticed my personal experience when bitcoin price is crashing and you're like oh i want to get out i want to buy us dollars or whatever and get out they're going to give you the worst fucking fills right like mm -hmm. two three hundred dollars below the market and then conversely when Bitcoin's going crazy ass rallying up, the exact opposite. Um, so, you know, don't try and trade this type of thing. But what I've, the approach that I've taken is now I actually have some ammunition that if Bitcoin price does tank here, then I've got a vehicle I can go in and buy Bitcoins with. So, right. uh, you know, for site members, and of course I, I've explained this in detail, but people in the public, that's that's how I want to use the tether. I put maybe like five, maybe seven percent of our stake into it, just as sort of a safe place. Um, but I just wanted to kind of get some feedback from you guys. So you guys, none of you guys are impressed with this USDT thing. No, I'm not. I think it's an interesting idea. I just think the the centralization of it is kind of weird. And you know, hmm. once I think the the issue is not. In the in the immediate, the issue is more down the road. If people start to lose faith in it, you know, yeah. there could be basically a, a tether run, and yeah. there's nothing there to, to back it. But yeah, but here's the thing: I'm wondering, where is Coinigy connected to an exchange that has uh, tether, so that I can buy? Um, yeah, I mean, let me see what we have here. If I can find which window I'm logged in to here. <laughs> um, I mean, we, we, we have Poloniax. Poloniax obviously has it. So 
Any site that wants to it's, do yeah, it's all over the place. It's any place that wants to do basically fiat but doesn't have the licensure has tether. Okay. So um, what's the what's the what's the code for tether? USD. Uh, yeah. USDT. Yep. I'm only saying this because I, just for the audience here, I know what it is is USDT, but yeah, um, no problem. Another uh, pegged asset that's actually kind of interesting, uh, Brian and Will, you guys both have this from our times on Steemit, is uh, Steam Dollars. And uh, it's it backed by some weird stuff. Um, SBD's, but, been, SBD's been coming down lately a bit here, right? Because it's worth $1. <laughs> so if Bitcoin keeps going up in price, this is going to keep going down in price. What's SBD? No, just for the audience. Uh, so SPD is a Steam dollar. So Steam uh, has two currencies. One of them is a uh, uh, basically this like smart contract. So they 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 have the information coming in from the real world of what the price of Bitcoin is, what the price of Steam is, and they use that to always, uh, be able to convert Steam dollars using the smart contract based on the seven day moving average of Steam. So if uh, the Steam price is pretty much level for an entire week, you're going to get paid in exactly $1 worth of Steam for every dollar that you convert. So right now, actually, I think the price of Steam is around $1. No, it actually went up recently. But um, like it, it's very interesting. Yeah, and it's, uh, uh, that little Steam has been all over the place here recently, eh? Oh, yeah. I'm watching it closely. I, I've been, I'm finally all powered down from all the money I made a year ago. And uh, now I'm... I'm actually trading it because I finally have it liquid, but uh, yeah, I think Steve's uh, it's got some steam in it. You know, which coin looks really sick right now is that library credits. We just totally we're just accumulating, 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 and you look at the bottom. It looks that library credits and that steam chart look very similar. What's uh, library uh, code? Sure. LBC. I think it's LBC. Yeah. Yep. Um, well, hey, we should. Uh, why don't we take a look at some charts or something here? Yeah, I think so. I think okay, it's time we look at the, the USDT, the, the the charts that we started talking about. We should look at those things. Yeah, you well, want to do the honors, Brian? You don't really plot USDT. Yeah, but you. I do. It does go up and down, right? Well, it just tracks the Bitcoin price. So, but the issue there is that. There well, there is there is a USDT to USD market on Kraken. Oh, really? That's, the, that's what I was mentioning before. So they uh, actually added a USDT to USD pair. So we should take a look at that. So right now it's at 1.0229. So actually a USDT is worth more than $1 right now. Well, but in the past... Hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. Well, you have to understand is that it's the price of it relative to whatever the cash market is so what sure. that's saying is that somebody paid the offer which is higher than the current market price so as a result it gets a premium right mm -hmm. that's how i think how it works and remember i said earlier sometimes if you're a motivated seller they're going to fuck you Right. They're gonna take, you know, you'll have to take two, three hundred dollars less than than parity, and then conversely, if you're a motivated buyer, like I guess what's happening right now is people are paying the offer, and so as a result, it trades at a at a premium. Sure, I understand now what you're saying. So basically, 
that's not necessarily the price of the asset. That's more the USDT to USD market is more like a uh, seeing what side of the force is driving it or something. Yeah, yeah. As opposed to the actual value. I like what you're saying, Brian, but I think we should see some charts. If you could show people some charts, that would be <laughs> Your opinion's wonderful, Brian. Oh, I, I, I got it up here. <laughs> <laughs> I got it right here, and it's got it going on right now. Um, and yeah, so if you explain that again, Brian, with the chart up, then I think a lot of people will understand a lot better. All right. Well, just simply put, uh, back on April 15th, 16th, 17th, I mean, what was Bitcoin doing April 15th, 16th, 17th? I look on my chart and I see March uh, through the end of March, yep, yeah, into uh, beginning of April. We had a bit of sideways. Well, actually, Alex. It looks you like you're. Uh, are you trying to share a chart, Brian? No, I'm looking at a chart on my screen. I suppose I could share that. So I don't. We don't need. To I just wasn't sure if you thought you were sharing and you yeah, were. Well, thank you for the reminder. All right. Yeah. So there you go. Um, so now, can you add add the the comparison of the BTC uh, price onto that chart or no? Oh, I got it here. Uh, you can see BTC is basically been on a tear since the beginning eh? is that right yeah well okay so do you see how on alex's chart uh the i guess the usdt has been coming off here since that peak and that sort of corresponds with that trough there mm -hmm. might be interesting what uh, what exchange you know is the blue mountain chart is that bitcoin price? that's Finix, but yeah. I, I, think oh, yeah. so I don't know whether phoenix would be the best one to look at here but yeah, at the same time, though, that's interesting. Look how uh, basically since that rally, that most recent rally started, that's where your tether peaked, and um, and and as Bitcoin price has been going up here, that tether has been falling off. Now Bitcoin price is peaking, starting to come back down, and now we're starting to get a bid back in the tether. So actually, yeah, that basically corresponds with what I was thinking. Okay. Good deal. As you know, and just think of it this way: as Bitcoin price is rising, whoops, where did Alex? Whoop, Alex, you're on uh, your uh, you're on your chat. Uh, oh, you chat? Are you? Was that an insult? <laughs> that was the YouTube chat. So shout out to those guys. Yeah, what's, <laughs> up? what's up, YouTube chat? We missed you. Well, yeah. If anything, what I would uh, you know, if you're a Bitcoin bull, and if you see USD, you know, pulling back here and soft, what I think that means is that. Uh, there is not a premium for U.S. dollars. There's not a bid in it. There's, in fact, a bid for Bitcoins. So people have to chase price, and the market makers, of course, are going to give them a let, uh, worse and worse and worse uh, price. Uh, conversely, now uh, we're having Bitcoin a bit soft here. Um, looks to me like uh, people are chasing the market a little bit here, trying to... Uh, um, buy U.S. dollars, right, I guess. Is that USDT? You're buying U.S. dollars. Um, so a little bit of bid is coming back in. Uh, I think that it makes sense to me. I don't know whether we can uh, project that kind of behavior through the initial part of it. And I do remember when this thing first came out, there was a lot of FUD around this thing. What I'd actually argue is I can see a big fat W in this USDT. Um, and if anything, if I was a trader, I would actually be wanting to be long this little thing until it actually starts topping out and breaking down. 
um, which it could do. I mean, you've got that funny shooting star candle there, right when Bitcoin price crapped out violently there, right? That's a really interesting candle. Yeah, I want to add to Alex, the reason you're seeing Bitcoin just going straight up is because this chart only goes back to April. Oh, yeah, yeah. Right, yeah. but how old is the USDT, though? Probably is uh, yeah, a lot, a lot older. Yeah. The, yeah, the Kraken market just started in April, the USDT yeah. to US dollar market. But if you go to, like, Poloniex, that'll go way back in time. Uh, yeah, yeah, okay, yeah. well, actually, that might be an interesting study. Um, you know, I'm probably a little too detailed for our conversation tonight. Um, because, but this is good information you're giving, Brian. That's interesting. Look at that. Oh, that's, so that is the Bitcoin. Yeah, that's that's Bitfinex overlaid over Poloniex. So. Bitfinex? Oh, overlaid. Oh, okay. I see what he's saying. The blue is Bitfinex. Okay. Well, so, you know, a couple things I wanted to ask you guys. All right. So, first and foremost, uh, what do you think about this guy who's, oh, I bought a shitload of Bitcoins and he's uh, putting out pictures of chicks with big tits and stuff like that on his keyboards and stuff? Where is this going on? I'm not oh, aware not of this guy. Oh, come on. You all know who he is. Right? Oh, are you talking about uh, Bill Zarian or whatever? It's a, oh, okay. Dan it's an interesting Zarian anecdote. Or, yeah. Yeah. Oh, um, there was definitely yeah, a pullback I mean, that day. He was like, yeah, especially Alex. And, a shitload of Bitcoin or something. Yeah, and Alex and, and Will, I mean, fuck, you're in the trenches, right? Do you yeah. see the public coming in here? Yeah, I, I definitely do. Um, we're it, we're just swamped with, you know, kind of, I like to call them newbie support tickets and that kind of stuff. So it's it's uh, it's definitely mainstream. You know, I, I hope this is just the tip of the iceberg. You know, I hope it just keeps growing and growing. But... Um, we've seen just a ton of what I would like to consider mainstream users kind of coming into the space. So, How about so you, you know, Al? it's it's daunting for people because <clears throat> you know they'll hear about Bitcoin on TV or whatever, and then they get involved with Coinigy, and there's just you know you need to kind of go through a progression before Coinigy starts really showing its value. You know, you need to already be familiar with exchanges and wallets and that kind of stuff. So. We usually are like, you know what, why don't you go ahead, go sign up for a Coinbase wallet, go sign up for, you know, go trade on GDAX for a little bit and then come back when you're ready and <laughs> that kind of stuff. But Interesting. it's, it's wow. definitely, we've seen a huge, huge influx. Hmm. Okay. Alex, how about your network? How's it going? And how are the APX guys hand handling things? Uh, Ace is being pretty good. He's uh, making some pretty good profit. Did some burns already um, on the APX tokens. So that's kind of our way of sharing profits back with the token holders. And the Ubix Slack is blowing up. Uh, so I'm not sure when the last time you guys popped in was, but we're at 2,300, almost 2,400 users. Like we have new people joining like every half hour. Uh, and I got to say thanks to everyone in the Slack who's helping us kind of welcome them all in and make sure they're all having a good experience, their questions are getting answered. Because, um, yeah, we're not even doing, like, anything marketing right now. It's just kind of been blowing up and lots of new people coming in and uh, lots of excitement. Um, so we're really thankful for that. How's that uh, quark, quark? Was that the Quark uh, quark deal? That thing took off there the uh, week or two ago. How's that, how are the, how's that going for you guys? Yeah, Quark is doing all right. Uh, they're... Changing, they're doing some deals uh, right now to kind of change their the whole distribution model, um, obviously for the better. Um, but yeah, some profits from Ubix spilled over into Quark, and that's why we see a little bit of a rise there. But uh, overall, I'm pretty happy with it. I think uh, the Quark team 
that they're happy to see some interest. And, um, yeah, they got some big moves coming up in the, uh, the next week here along with you, uh, Beck. So. so you remember, I mean, really for the audience who probably never uh, is not aware, um, the first time I met Alex Sturk was at a uh, in a basement of a uh, Vancouver uh, sort of off the wall, maybe a little bit, uh, 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 you know, uh, esoteric, a little bit out of the way uh, conference. And I sat there and uh, Alex pulled up a chart that had the rational investor written across it. <laughs> and I was like, oh, that's an interesting chart. <laughs> um, I'd be curious. That was back, what, I guess three years ago, wasn't it? Um, let's see. It was April of 2015. So just over two years ago when I started block talk and we, like we first met, like I did a trading one-on-one thing in yeah. uh, a meetup space in Vancouver. And yeah, Brian was, uh, in invited by a good friend of ours, uh, Greg. And yeah, was, we've been fast friends ever since. So, uh, I'd be curious cause now you, this is going to be sort of your third seasonal go at this, right? How do you feel? Do you feel seasonally that we're sort of, this is, well, this is kind of what happened in previous years. It feels a little different this time because uh, there's actually like institutional money coming in. Like I'm consulting for a hedge fund right now. Um, mm -hmm. And I had another guy who wants to meet up with me on Friday and they, they don't know what they're buying into. Let's put buying things that they have no idea what is the actual like, uh, cost basis or where where is the money coming from for this thing to go up so it, it, money's not leaving right now um maybe one hedge fund gets burned and starts a chain reaction um but ideally we see a couple small pullbacks to really have like some healthy corrections otherwise this is getting too out of control so mm -hmm. like, i'm with uh, you there more of a pullback in may but it, it it's to the point where it's getting scary. <laughs> so, uh, were you in the market through the uh, the Gox uh, face rip? Does it feel similar to that? I showed up uh, in the altcoin boom following Mount Gox. So, yeah, it kind of feels a little like that, where where there's people who are getting way more evaluations than they should be. Um, and the ICO craze has gotten out of hand. Like uh, I think APX was pretty well timed where it was at the beginning of it. Now it seems like it's um, uh, ICOs are, are really overdone. I think the, there's a lot of fatigue in the industry over ICOs, um, but they're still just selling out like crazy. Um, yeah. Yeah. or two left that I know of uh, got delayed, but I think, um, I don't know, we're, we're kind of in that stage of like, where I'm getting a couple messages not to buy currency anymore, but to actually invest in the underlying companies. So maybe this is where things kind of start slowing down. They're looking for different means to invest in the industry. And maybe we'll see another Bitcoin tear up to whatever the next uh, Fibonacci level is. And uh, mm -hmm. that will kind of put a healthy correction into these altcoins, um, mm -hmm. which maybe, yeah, Brian, if you want to pull up a Bitcoin chart, where do you, where do you kind of see is the next point of resistance for us? Oh, okay. Just slip that. Right Ooh. Yeah, okay. Putting them on the spot. <laughs> yeah, I want to hear your thoughts, Brian. Oh, like I know what that one's talking about. Jesus. Who's the best at talking on their ass? I don't know. It's so fucking cool. Oh, my God. I've got this one student of mine, uh, Steven. And man, James is, he makes oh, me so proud. Um, and uh, one term in particular, 
we uh, we studied GAN, and he took the GAN study to the next level, and he um, let's see if I have this chart on here. He did a, a square of nine. You guys ever heard of the square of nine? Yeah, I have. Yeah, um, it looks something like this. Wouldn't that be seen that image before? <laughs> and what I challenge you to do is go look on your Bitcoin chart and see we're on this schedule right now, and see how price acted at these individual levels. I think you know the audience go and do this on your own. Um, it's fairly simple. Square of nine. All you got to do is just Google square of nine. There's a gazillion of these out there, and it's just absolutely stunning. How these levels are obeyed, and do you see how the last level here it says 281? Did Bitcoin do anything around that 281-ish kind of area? Was that this of high here uh... was 2760. This high here, and this is on stamp, was 2933, and here we are sitting at what 2700. Um, and I had this really cool chart, but I don't know what I did with it. Anyway, um, it had all of these square of nine levels, and it was just absolutely incredible um, how uh, well price had to be, uh, behave, behave with these. Um, and um, I'm kind of bummed that I don't have it. I'm not quite sure why I don't have it here. It's probably a different screen. I got too many screens. But anyway, the point here is just watch what happens when we do this. We can do this really quickly with you guys right here. Um, we said 2810 was one. Boom. And uh, where's that square nine? Oh, did I put it away? There it is there. 2180. Let's see if that was any kind of important level. Oops, we're over here. Let's go over here. So 2180, that's right about there. And then we had one, it was like 1600, right? 1630. Um, and I just noticed that uh, price really, really was interested in these levels. Not so much, well, I guess there's 16 and change in there. Um, so anybody uh, who's sort of asking me what I'm sort of thinking uh, level-wise, the next one, and it's a big one, is 3520. So that's sort of a really, really important number that I'm going to be keeping an eye on going forward. Um, the issue here is, so where's that 3520? That's up in that area. So if you were just going to mark up your charts with some levels to keep an eye on, these levels, it's just sick how price uh, bangs away through these. Can I just say, if this so was we like a year Bitcoins. ago, yeah. I was going to say, if this was like a year ago, I would have been like, Brian, you're friggin' crazy. And now <laughs> look at where we're at. So, uh, and this is Phoenix. So actually, these numbers are a little different. Uh, we should probably have done this on uh, stamp. I didn't realize that was a Phoenix chart. Sorry, guys. Because these these levels were just, I mean, it's absolutely incredible to watch the market play around with them. I think that was like, you know, 2,800. Where is 2,800? Right up there. So like that was a, that was a monster game level right there. Um, and what we say, the, the previous one was like, and I'm sorry, I'm kind of screwing this up. 2180. 
2180, where's that? That's right in that area there. That was an important level. And we said like 1640, which was in this traffic area and there roughly. Um, and so the next one, like we said, is up uh, around 3500 up in this area up in here. But the issue here, guys, I mean, let's call a spade a spade, right? And actually, this is really cool. We just did this module for our uh, level tours. Um, and, you know, actually, past history is really good gauge. You guys see how, uh, you know, on these big face rips, look how wide the moving averages are, right? They're, they're really spread apart. And then on this face rip, same sort of thing. You can see when these moving averages start getting really far apart, that's really dangerous. And, you know, this was John Bollinger's bottom call on Bitcoin. Look at that. I mean, you got to give a shout out to fucking John, man. He basically went on Twitter and said, okay, reversal by Bitcoins. I mean, what a call, right? Holy shit. Um, but the message that I'm trying to tell people right now is with these moving averages this wide apart, does it make sense that maybe we're going to have to get a little bit of cleaning up here, right? And I think on balance, people that are coming in, oh, I bought a shitload of Bitcoins here, right? All that kind of stuff. They're kind of asking for trouble a little bit. I, you know, it's really dangerous to call tops. And my attitude, of course, is I want to be long uh, crypto. And so I just keep reinvesting in more, you know, altcoins and, and reinvesting, reinvesting, reinvesting. I'm trying to find hedges, trying to find ways to slowly, you know, reduce outright risk. Uh, you were talking about SBD earlier. There's another one, NBT. You guys might be familiar with that. And it's interesting sure. as Bitcoin's topping out. NBT is putting in a very interesting bottoming action. So there are proxies out there that I can see are actually uh, firming up here a little bit, uh, maybe suggesting that Bitcoin might be done a little bit for the time being. Um, candlestick pattern, I, not textbook railroad tracks, but definitely very reversally up here. No doubt about it. This open close level here is going to be pretty darn important going forward. You know, very simply put, higher highs and higher lows to find a bull market. If we can have the market close above these levels, then, you know, the bull's back in charge. I think probably we're probably in cleanup mode right now. And, you know, sites like uh, OKCoin, for example. Well, actually, here's a good one. Coinbase, this was a harmonic pattern. Big shout out to one of my students, Steven. This guy is just a fucking monster trader. And he totally was like, all right, 113's coming up, level, going to hit it. And he actually had the balls to step up and short right into that face rip rally. Eh? And um, his target right now on his setup is 38.2. You guys have heard me talk about 38.2 before, right? Pretty simple uh, first stop target. I don't know if you've ever heard that before. Pretty normal uh, trade location. Uh, for taking profits on harmonic patterns like this. So hats off, Steven. Again, fucking brilliant call. Um, I was in last night shorting OKCoin, just having some fun. Um, and we were able to bang this one off last night. We had a nice diamond pattern here. Um, and sometimes these diamonds resolve bullishly. In this case, that result, the diamond here resolved bullishly. Sometimes the diamonds resolve bearishly. And hopefully you can see this was a nice reload zone, the red box. Um, and I just basically just hit a midpoint of the reload zone. And actually, I got a nice fill here just about an hour ago. So I was very pleased. Look at that. Hopefully, audience, you see this. This is the kind of shit that you need to do 
to be profitable over the long term. If you can bang out trades, can you see that risk reward ratio? That's the kind of shit that makes Marks a pro trader. Because if you can bang out these, then you might only be right 50% of the time. But if you're right 50% of the time and you're banging out $4 of profit for every dollar, every time you lose $1, are you a profitable trader batting 50%? Damn straight. That's actually the hallmark of professionals. So all you people out in the audience, you're like, wow. How do I how do I get into that that mindset? How do I get into that thinking? The key here, guys, is we gotta make sure our average winner is bigger than our average loser. That's the key to winning at this game. So I was very proud of this cute little trade. Thirty-eight point two first stop target was my target, and look how China just came down. Doink! See you later. So I was all I was very happy with this film. Really nice little fill there. Excellent work, Brian. Excellent. Um, thank you, sir. Um, what do I? Uh, we are running a higher time frame trading model on the site as a demonstration for higher time frame participants. We call this the six market matrix. In essence, when we get to trend lines, we can start hunting setups. We are basically at a number of trend lines here. Um, and our second step is to actually wait for a confirmed momentum divergence. So I'm actually kind of hoping, you know, and if Steven gets his fill at 38.2, that's going to drive our RSI into confirming this bearish divergence. If that happens, then I can start hunting 78.6 tags off the following counter trend rally to start hunting bigger shorts um, and, and gunning for like targets down here in the sort of 2000 area. Um, so we're watching this develop. We had sort of shorter time frame hourly charts, fun little setups that came in overnight. They paid us, but uh, higher time frame. I'm not ready to call this a top in this and, and call it done. If anything, what I think, if we look at this price chart, what I actually think is, and you'll see this number again, oh, gee whiz. But can you see how if we take and AB equals CD off of John's bottom call here up to that rally peak. And then if we assume that this is AB equals CD and if we break this peak, then what that means is we should have a projection up into this level here. And gee whiz, there's that sort of $3,500 area. You see that? Does anybody see that? I see so, it. What this kind of tells me is I'm actually looking for, and you know, all my students, you know, this probably sounds very familiar. We can do either one of two things here. Either the market calms down and we consolidate in this 38.2 level, right? And if we put in three higher lows, what kind of setup are we maybe thinking about now? The bot trade. That's right. So if we put in a nice little WWW and we start breaking out, then that'll set up this as an AB equals CD, which I think is probably going to take us up into that 2500 area. So if we go boom to boom and let's say we set up off of somewhere like there, then there is your confluence of harmonics to take us up into this level. Right? Does that make sense? Mm -hmm. If, however, the wheels kind of fall off the bus here, I could see us have to come back down into this reload zone. You know, we talk about wicks and tails like to be eaten. 
there is a pretty darn big tail just sitting down um, as well the irony of it all is that the real last sort of bull bear battle zone was in this level and you see that on this dump all they did was they just take it in again again against that high so if we do have to fall apart I'll be looking for maybe like a stab below 2000 just to freak out some new people to the market um, and maybe a play against these candle body lows in here. That wouldn't surprise me at all. So uh, that's sort of what I'm thinking right now. Uh, we had a big move off the lows. We're consolidating now. And if this consolidates and gives me a nice structure to work with, I'm going to be playing this up on a bullish bot. If, however, we just can't find any traction in here, I'm going to be looking for a test of 2,000 in earnest. All right. I hope that helps. Uh, Alex, what do you think? Did that help you at all? Yeah, it's definitely um, like I, I think that we have like one more good level, like a leg up. Um, but it's, it's you can't call tops on this thing. It's just <laughs> who knows where it's going. Um, yeah. Like I, I was I was saying a year ago, it's like yeah, twenty four hundred seems like a pretty reasonable number. Probably around summertime of this year. It's like well, you know, it came early and uh, it's kind of stopping. So it's um, well, be careful here, right? This yeah. is uh, oh, gotta buy a shitload of bitcoins, right? <laughs> And then, literally, like, literally, hours after he put that tweet out, the fucking floor just fell out, mm -hmm. right? What's really interesting is in here, we had the market pull back a little bit on Mr. Kubin, saying that yeah, in his that humble funny. opinion, Bitcoin was a bubble and it was about to pop. I saw that whole Mark Cuban article, and it was, I, I'm like, really now Mark Cuban is now deciding what happens with Bitcoin? Yeah. Well, what I found really interesting was price did break, but did you guys notice that when we got down into here, Mr. Kubin came out and said, oh, no, 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 I didn't say that. I didn't say that. I don't know. Did you see that? I thought that was really interesting. Hmm. So, you know, the irony of it all is that he actually did the market's job for it. The market was ridiculously overbought. We were way overextended. We needed some sort of catalyst to cause this cleanup. Thank you, Mr. Kubin. You did a nice job. So ironically enough, now the fluff has been taken out. We might just go sideways for another you know, couple day or two, and then boom, straight up to new highs. Wouldn't surprise me one bit in this space. So uh, I don't know whether I'm really ready to put a fork in it. You know, uh, heading into last week, I was getting very concerned. Because we had some juicy tails, we had a nice reload zone, we were setting up divergences, everything was coming in, but then, poof, they popped it up to new highs. So until I start to see actual structure come in and divergences, like I said, we're watching our six market matrix like a hawk, but we don't have any confirmed divergences yet off of the medium to higher time frames just yet. This little cute little M, and I've told the audience about this before. These are just fucking sick little setups. Where can everybody see the little W over here? No, I don't know. Can you see that right in there? It's a Davo, dude. Uh, yeah. <laughs> connect that with a volume profile. Well, we have to see, you know, what OBV and all that is. Yeah. And, uh, by all means, maybe fire that chart up uh, while we're speaking, Dav, and you can walk people through the Davo signal. Um. 
And do you see the cute little M right here? Right? So all those people that are out there going, gee whiz, I sure uh, would love to learn a new tool tonight that will just keep me and give me sort of an, an added little eye in the marketplace, an added little tool. If you see M's or W's in fast oscillators, these are extremely powerful signals. So there you go, everybody. There's your little lesson for the evening. All right. Excellent. Um, anything else we can say? You know, I think on balance, right, I think this trend line has been really significant. And you can see, unfortunately, like we came back to it, then we came back to it last night, and we lost it. So I think we're playing against this trend line right now. If anything, you could argue we're in a bit of a uh, – I actually like to call this a bow tie. Can you kind of see how uh, this is the left-hand side of the bow tie? This is the middle of the bow tie. And here is the right-hand uh, side of the bow tie. Can you see the bow tie? So my hunch is we're actually probably going to play within these two uh, um, trend lines going forward. That's my hunch. Good deal. Well, there's definitely definitely some profit taking going on now. Um, so I, I think it's there is a little sign of help there. Got an echo going on there for some reason, Brian. Um, from you guys me? Wanna, yeah, it was Alex's voice was coming through yours for some reason. I don't know. Why. Okay, um, uh, Da Vinci, maybe you could throw yourself on mute. I don't know where that's coming from. Uh, yeah, maybe it wasn't. I, from I don't know. I got headphones on, so and so it's uh, not mine. Yeah, uh, well, we can start getting the wheel going here. I'm, I'm sure it was just a temporary thing. Okay. Um, I wanted so, to show my channel, but that's all right. Yeah, maybe yeah, let's uh, let's give Da Vinci. Uh, he uh, participated on the call with us so nicely, and he actually mm -hmm. developed a really cool little trading uh, model um, uh, while a student of mine. And um, I actually tell people about it in the school because I was so impressed with the hard work that he uh, put in. So maybe Davo, walk us through your Davo signal and how does it work? Yeah, well, the, the, the Davo signal is really simple, right? Where you're looking for Ws in the on-balance on volume, it's best to see the Davo to the, the on-balance volume cross the... Uh, the OBV EMA, right? Um, maybe but, uh, maybe uh, if you could uh, go and hide the volume study on that so we can actually okay. see the OBV because I can't really see it. No, all I got to okay. do is go Upper left. Back. Yeah, upper left, just hit that. Yeah, X. upper left. All you got to do is just go to the value thing there and just click hide. Whoop, okay, the no. value. All right, forget go, it. Go, go to where it says volume on the left mm -hmm. and then click the X to the right there. Well, yeah, you can just hide it. You don't have to get rid of it. You can just or, hide yeah, it. Or, yeah, sorry. Well, yeah. You That's okay. I'll get rid of it. That's okay. That, so, so here you can see OBV is creating a W there, right? There's a little W here. It's best if it crosses because then I usually do a three to one if it crosses uh, the, the EMA. So this is an EMA. like An EMA is uh, um, exponential. Moving average. You see, this is a this is the uh, <clears throat> the uh, this is the price. This is the what on balance value, which is a total sum of all the um, buys and all the and then the minuses of the sells, right? So it moves like very sharply. But this smooth line is an exponential average, so it makes it a little smoother and doesn't move as as, as roughly as the this this line here. So you can see. If it crosses, it's really it's that much more powerful. But 
And in the end, right, you can see in this, and then I match it up with either an RSI or the Willy. If there's a W in the RSI or the Willy, and it matches with on-balance volume, that's definitely a good trade, and especially if you have market structure. Oh, gosh. You've got it. You've got it made. See, you can see I've got a line chart here, and you can see the W matches with this W. This W also matches with the W in the, uh, the RSI. That is a trade of the century, right? You take the um, – I usually take uh, – let's see here. If I go to the candlestick charts, uh, if you want to do this trade, what I do yeah, – let me. I went to hollow candles. What I do is on the last W part right here, on the opening of the next day, that's my opening price. That's the price that I start – my trade, so I'd go like right here. This is where I'm going to say, okay, well, I'm going to buy here. I'm going to risk to the highest point and take a two to one. If it doesn't cross, if it doesn't cross the uh, the EMA, I only can I can only take a two to one risk to reward ratio. Let's see what happens here if I do that. Ooh, did we make it? Yes, we did. Oh, yeah. There you go. There you go. So on the cross, it made, just made it. Wow. Just made it. And did you get your fill? <laughs> yes, I got the fill there. You see, oh, you see the fill? Just made the fill on the two-to-one risk-to-reward ratio. On wow, that and that's pretty far away from the, uh, the little actual breakout on the W, right? Yeah. So, I mean, usually you I look for that, something. You just underneath. literally buy the next candle that opens. Literally the exactly, opening. exactly. So if you miss it, you just you have to wait. You're just like, okay, I'm going to buy here. Or you wait for some sort of setup in between when it falls below there. That's what I would, I would usually do on a lower time frame, right? See if I could find some sort of setup to, that, that I, can, I could take to, to get in. So that's, that's awesome. what I do. Oh, Shane's asking a question here. Will Will you bring back lifetime memberships in Coinigy again? Okay, so good question, Shane. Um, so what we've done with those in the past is they're pegged at the price of one BTC. Um, so we've only done it, we've offered it twice. The first time was in our pre-sale before we uh, basically helped uh, raise some funds uh, for us getting started. And then the other time was last year um, during Black Friday, and both times they were offered for 0.99 BTC. So we're thinking about doing something similar uh, this Black Friday. I I, I want to be consistent and do 0.99 BTC, but that's starting to get pretty expensive. Um, so yeah, I, I don't know yet what we're gonna do. It's, it's still up in the air, but if and when we do it, it will be on Black Friday again. But kind of in the meantime right now, um, there's actually, I know I've seen on Bitcoin Talk, um, you can actually transfer the, the lifetime accounts. So you can buy and sell okay. them from other people. So if you can Shane, find somebody yeah, willing to sell it. Uh, yeah, you know what, you should also talk about your offer, like how to um, earn your way into Oh, yeah, yeah. We were going to mention that too. And uh, thanks for bringing that up, Dave. Um, so those of you who are Coinage users, not everybody realizes it, uh, but we have a referral program. Uh, so if you guys go into your uh, account preferences area and click the referral tab, um, you get a unique link that when anybody clicks on it, um, if it's basically the first time they've 
uh, clicked on a referral link, you will then get credit once they become a paying subscriber, essentially. Do you mind, do you mind if you take a moment to show people that on the, on the Coinergy website? If you don't yeah, I would, I, would, I would do it, but my screen is 4K and it's going to look terrible. Okay, I have a okay, bunch of yeah, other no stuff. Problem, no um, you got to train me how if to do maybe that. Brian, yeah, go ahead, Brian. I think we'll I've, seen, I, I've sent you a couple people. Yeah, go. Yeah, I I would say so, Brian. I think, um, but yeah, if you want, Brian, you can go share your ref link right now, and uh, people can retroactively put in your ref link. So if you want, oh, really? if you want to do that. So go. Why don't you just go right ahead and go into Coinergy, and you can bring it up right away. All right. What do I do? Um, go to. Let me share your screen. One second. The Canadian Ethereum blockchain dev wants you to avoid expensive lawyers. Ooh. Hey, Alex, should we be paying attention to that? Well, they killed Alex. Uh-oh. <laughs> yeah, Alex, Alex was about to say something negative, and the lawyers killed him. <laughs> um. <laughs> All right, so I'm on the phone. Oh, yeah, go, go, up to, go up to settings in the upper right, Brian. Upper right, okay. Yep. And then go to uh, preferences preferences all right and then click on referral program which is the fourth option over to the right on the sub header uh up here yep one two three four referral program yep right there all right and that's that's your unique link right there so my balance sure that, is zero dollars jeez oh yeah, yeah that's son of a bitch Yep, you gotta you gotta share the link to get the credit. Uh, but what am I supposed wants. to do? Oh, this right here. I'm That's your to link right there. Yeah, and you can actually you can append that to your charts as well. So if you if you throw that question mark R thing on the end, if you put that on the end of your chart, share question mark R. Where's that? Where's that? Where's question mark? On, on the link itself, where you see oh, your this right here. Early. Yeah, if you add that question mark R string to any Coinage URL, um, it will. You'll you'll get credit when somebody signs up under you. Oh really? Mm -hmm. well, so like you can you add it much. on your you can add it on your charts when you share them on Twitter. Did I lose like my? Uh, oh, I lost my Bitcoin chart. Oh no! Well, right. I have good news for you. Autosave is in the works, so it's going to be behaving very similar to TradingView shortly. Oh, so, so you won't be losing your your stuff when you. Uh, I think I just if I open this, I hope there's no porn in here. Okay, phew. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just kidding. Hey, we should uh we should we get should the wheel okay. or something. Hey. <laughs> you, guys wanna, you guys hey. want to do that wheel? Yeah, sure. Uh, so if I and just as an experiment, let's uh, let's just tweet this out. And uh, I where do I put the uh, link? Just in copy this? that. Yep, just copy that whole link. So I don't hit this tweet thing here. Well, you can hit tweet too, and you just need to throw the question mark R on the end of the URL. So you're gonna have to go back to that right there. Yeah, but you need the question mark in there. Yeah, you know what? It's way easier if you just type in coinergy.com. You have a space. Splash block talk and then it will Yeah, we gotta get we gotta get you a vanity URL like uh, Alex has. Oh really? He's a, he's all set up all we uh, can do like coinage.com slash TRI or something like that. But oh that would be fun. So anyway, if I do this then that's gonna go with my uh, little yep. thing. Okay, well yeah, and then you can go in um, 
you don't have to do it right now, but if you go back into that referral stuff, you can see like who's signed up under you and all that stuff. Oh, cool. And then you can, um, you can, you, well, you have a lifetime, but you can cash it in either for, um, if, if, if the users don't have a lifetime, they can cash it in towards um, their subscription as well as cash it out for BTC. So I'm going to put that referral link into the uh, TRI lounge, and that becomes required now for everybody. That's there you go. <laughs> yep. yeah, I'm just kidding. It's 15 well, bucks whenever somebody signs up. So. Yeah. Uh, I think it's great that you guys do that. Totally awesome. But I wouldn't mind my users for those kind of things. If you guys want to do it, great. Go for it. If you don't, I'm not going to be insulted. But uh, great work, uh, Quinnergy. Uh, I love your platform. Keep it up, guys. Keep it up. Lots of improvements happening. Okay, so what are we gonna do? A wheel? Is that is that the plan here? Yeah, I think Alex has the wheel up, right? Yeah, I sure do. I had to switch to my hotspot here because uh, someone started watching Netflix down the road and uh, my internet crapped out. So yeah, do you guys see the wheel here? Yes, yes, I see the wheel. All right. I'm voting for not, not. Uh, Do we have sound effects? XCP. Oh, I love XCP. that one. XCP. That's counter. Oh, yeah. Actually, that's I've been loading up on this. Yeah, yeah same here. I, got like, I got like 4%. Brian, you should turn your computer volume down a little bit. My volume? Is that better? Yes. Yeah, I think that'll be all right. Uh, I was just hearing myself through you. All right. Well, that's just you hearing your no. <laughs> <laughs> You're just drunk. Okay, where do we want to look? Bitterex, Polo? Where do we want to look? Bitterex. Bitterex? Yeah. Yeah, sure. Boosh. Here we got here. Okay, so and actually this is what I like to recommend to all my level oneers right out of the gate. If you're gonna start Hunting charts, the very first thing you must find are weekly Ws. So, I see a nice one. Yeah, we got a few. I mean, this definitely looks like a level right here. Mm -hmm. right? That's a nice W down in there. And interesting how the market came back down and W'd again off of that level. Mm -hmm. Little doji gap, powerful trading signal. Everybody watching, you want to learn something? What did I, all you students, you better have your journals out. What did I learn today? This two-bar pattern is what's called a doji, a little doji bar, and a gap. If we break through the top of the doji gap bar, we should go about an equal distance higher. And do you see how that's just about exactly equal distance, right? So really powerful little trading tool. Everybody who's watching this, you want to learn something tonight that's totally powerful, the doji gap. Doji gap. Let's see. Did we hit the target? Oh, yeah, comfortably. See that? Isn't that cool? It's fucking awesome, man. So <laughs> if you saw this doji gap and you were like, where does this thing want to go? If it breaks that high, it's telling you it wants to get up here, and that's what it did. Uh, okay, what else do we see here off the higher time frame weekly chart? Uh, you notice that it came back down into this bottoming range, and look at this cute little W. Right? Mm -hmm. um, so it sure looks to me like the street, if you will. That's what we sort of talk about when we, you know, in stock market land, we talk about basically what the, the public's perception is, what we call the street. Uh, it sure looks to me like it sees value down in this area down in here. 
And it'd be interesting, you know, fundamentally, if Alex could maybe, you know, justify, well, it turns out that at this rate, they do a hash rate of this rate, and blah, 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 and miners, you know, get paid, blah, 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 blah. But you know, there's probably some reason why this thing bottoms down in here. It's fixed. <laughs> there you go. There you have it. It's uh, it's actually a, it's a fixed. They were they created it through burning coins. So basically, they took bitcoins and they burnt them, meaning they were useless. Those bitcoins are lost forever. And they created the coins from the burnt coins of uh, of uh, bitcoins. So these coins have value based on the fact that they burnt. So is that where the floor is at? Is what you're saying? Yeah, like how does that the, correlate with this level down in here? Well, I, I think that doesn't correlate with that level. If you have to go back, if you have to back it out a little bit, back it out a little bit. Oh wow. Uh, maybe we should go this to is another. Metrics, though, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. If you go on Bitter, you get the full history. Um, mm -hmm. and uh, Polo is a little bit longer, but Bitter yeah, has so the there most. There you go. It is matches up with where the value Look is. Look at that beautiful. Look at that volume, volume at the beginning. Wow. Yeah. Can you guys see this floor down here? Like there is the bottom, right? Yeah. So, well, like when we were talking about. USDT and uh, several other like counterparty assets or I guess USDT is Omni but it's basically it's colored Bitcoin so it's like taking a Satoshi of Bitcoin signing new data to it and saying this is actually a new token this is a US dollar or this is a um, I don't know it's a, it's a Pepe cash or it's a playing card like this is how people used to you know do ICOs without creating a blockchain they would color exactly. Bitcoin and yeah, and right now there's all this hype around Bitcoin or uh, Ethereum ICOs, and even like one of the major counterparty assets left to go to uh, Ethereum. So that's a pretty good bottoming of the market because of that event. And now we're kind of bouncing back from that. You know, so long, good riddance. And once we have you know some new scalability for Bitcoin, because counterparty assets are even uh, more expensive than Bitcoin to transfer. Um, so the, yes. this is like a fundamental story in action right here. As soon as Bitcoin fixes its scaling problems, this is going to go back up like crazy. It's going to lose its oh, wow. nuts. It's going to lose its nuts. I mean, because oh, this yeah. this creates this in order for you to buy create a, a counterparty asset because you can create counterparty assets, but basically you can create uh, any kind of coin you want. And if 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 the um, transaction fees come down, oh boy, this thing is going to go. Ape shit. Right. Like they're doing smart contracts. They're gonna have yeah. uh, mm -hmm. like a, a lot of like the functionality that Ethereum currently has is gonna be implemented on this as soon as like we have the scaling issue resolved. So mm -hmm. like a lot of guys are probably accumulating this, knowing full well that there is a certain endpoint to this Bitcoin uh, yeah mm -hmm. issue that we're having. Yeah. So Brian, um, you want, might want to take a look at the the amount of coins that are available. It's and and then on top of that, you can you can also Consider that one percent of it is lost forever, where people have purchased this and lost the coins, because these are fi this is a fixed number. That that a supply is a fixed number. So that that supply is never going to increase. Is that what you're never, saying? Never ever, never ever. Oh wow! It's impossible. Okay. Hmm. It, it actually goes down with every asset that gets created because you burn counterparty into new assets. Oh wow! So it, it's so, very, I know that. Yeah. interesting. Yeah, I, I, I like with the fundamental story. And then if we apply, just and keep in mind, we're looking at the weekly price chart, right? Um, 
if we look at trade location, I think it makes a heck of a lot of sense to try and be a buyer right down in this window here, right? Um, interesting too, and we saw this on IOC. Remember, it had a few, a couple little gaps that needed to be filled in before it could quote unquote bottom. So do you guys notice how they left a big juicy gap? And if you see gaps on the weekly price chart, holy crap, do these ever have to be filled in? So do you see how basically this one candle, um, in essence, did the job of cleaning up this gap? So, you know, uh, as well as that being a 78.6 fib, um, basically market structure. Look at these beautiful little stabs against the original bottom. It'd be interesting. This must have been somebody who just dumped and got out to move over to Ethereum. Eh? Is that what you're saying, Alex? Maybe. Like, uh, Bitter is very much a, a legacy exchange. Lots of old money on it. Scam kind of coin, you know? too. Scam exchanges. You know. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah I, I don't really trust Bitter either. Myself. I, I, lost a lot I, of only, I mean, we can I, go back to Bitter. It's probably the same sort of thing. In essence, there is that sort of bottoming window. I actually like, and notice there's a gap right here that needed to be filled in, eh? So they've come and cleaned all that up. So, um, and I actually like to go from exchange to exchange to exchange just to see where the gaps are. Because you'd be surprised that, you know, even if we look at something like a Cryptopia chart, and it's got some funny gaps in it, ironically enough, even those gaps on those charts need to be addressed, cleaned up, and then away we go. So if you are analyzing a coin, it's not a bad idea to look at a few different exchanges um, just to get cross-references to see if there are any like open yawning gaps that need to be filled. Um, can we justify going and paying today's price for this? I don't know. does seem a bit pricey. Uh, if anything, if I was interested in this, I you know notice this tail right here is right up against those levels. I'd probably be working my bid down in here, and if you get it, great. If you don't, then you've just missed the bus. That's sort of the way I would look at this because I'm obsessed with location. If I want to show somebody a chart and say you know I'm either long or short, I want them to go, oh fucking cool location you're long from, right? If I pulled up a chart at you know any time and I said, okay, well, I just bought here, well, you're kind of sitting in no man's land. We could very easily come back and test all these lows. We could go up against all these wicks, right? But that's, remember we said that we want to make it so that if we have to take a loss and we have to say that we're wrong, um, it's going to be smaller than if we're right. And what I see here is if you go and buy this just sort of here, well, really, you're kind of just buying the middle of the range, right? Even at, you know, let's say, let's be generous and we're going to assume we're going to test these highs up in here. Well, that's just basically a one-to-one, -one, right? It's pretty close. I can't justify the risk buying here. However, if I say... Look, at, I'm willing to buy down in this level, and again, I'll risk against this original low. But now, if I get a test of those highs, now we're starting to talk. Mm -hmm. So location is really important to me. So as a result, location-wise, then if we go down to the dailies, let's see what they look like. Wow, holy shit, look at that fucking hole. There you, you go. See that? 
Mm-hmm. Get your orders like a big old hole on the charts. That's, right that's where your order should be. Level. Pardon? That's where your order should be. All right. So there was our levels that we put on. And there's a big old gap just sitting there. So you, you want to try and work a stink bid against uh, nice cheap levels. Uh, there you go. Merry Christmas. It's like gift wrap for you. Awesome. Um, Momentum-wise, I mean, uh, we could take a quick boo. I'd probably, uh, yeah, the story probably doesn't look bad. Yeah, that looks relatively respectable. Um, ooh, I don't like this. Nasty top in raw momentum. So if anything, if I saw this, in fact, uh, the level oneers, we just did this. If you see this big M in momentum and you're a bull, then what we have to do is temper our enthusiasm. And so that was on this M right here. And basically, you can see price tanked. It came back to the M. It tanked. It's just waffling back and forth here. It is nice to see money is continuing to flow into the name, volume impetus. We can see the bulls are definitely active and interested. I just, you know, trade location-wise, this just isn't. And if anything, do you see how the 200-period moving average is down here? You know, if I wanted to be a buyer of this thing, this is where I'd want to be a buyer, right? In there. Well, and that, that candle we saw on bidder should probably be resolved on the other exchanges at some point too, right? Like those levels should probably get hit again. So it would make sense that it, we do reach those levels just for that um, that trade alone. Because um, I, I, I do see that exchanges usually, like uh, they're like you have a low volume exchange like bidder. It is kind of got that legacy money there and eventually you do see a lot of the charts do look the same you know like uh, an all-time high is reached on the Chinese exchanges for Bitcoin eventually you're gonna see an all-time high reached on the American exchanges mm. um, like th those patterns usually do resolve but um, it's interesting yeah, that you call this like the legacy exchange look at the volume pattern over here looks very different doesn't it mm -hmm. Yeah, like it, like I say, it's a lot of old money because um, it's been around a long time. And the, the only reason I... 2013 and it's just been sitting there and they just remembered. <laughs> they just yeah. heard an article about Bitcoin and remembered that they had money in Beater. $30 yeah. Litecoin. <laughs> what was that? <laughs> <laughs> you know, so I, I think I have anything just kind of makes sense to me. That the market is rotating out of Bitter and it's <laughs> rotating into the newer money in on bitter i think that may actually make sense yeah. yeah uh and like we still need resolution on the whole bitcoin thing which could be easily to, into the fall so like yeah, yeah. this is uh, definitely something i'm accumulating because it's not parabolic compared to everything else and i like the long-term vision of it it's just it's going to take us a little bit before it resolves well and that's um, the too right i think it's a over Half of our battle here as traders and as investors is we have to be hunting for stuff that people really aren't paying attention to right now, right? And when they are talking about it and they're all excited about it, guess what we're doing? Selling. <laughs> <laughs> you know, and that's a trader's life, right? You guys want to try and bang out another name or two here? Yeah, let's get at least one more in. We got. We have time. How are we doing one. on time? Have I talked too much tonight? Sorry, guys. No, you're, we're good. We're uh. Oh, we're we're Brian's gonna to talk end, a lot but... now, um, because I uh -oh. just landed on uh, uh -oh. IOC. Oh, uh -oh. Uh -oh. Uh -oh. Mom, what? Which one? <laughs> IOC. 
IOC. IOC, the boys. These guys are hilarious. And you know what's funny? Is, do you notice in any of their interviews and stuff, they'll never refer directly to me. I find that really <laughs> interesting. They, they, the, the director guys, because I always like, hey, these guys are real sharks, right? But they'll never make a direct reference to me, which I find hilarious. Well, they're probably <laughs> trying to, to remain impartial. Ooh, hello. You know? Now, this was really interesting, because remember we talked about this in these funny little gaps in here, right? If anything, uh, you know, the audience, this is um, – there's a big difference between what they call systemic risk and unsystemic risk. Um, something like Mt. Gox, that is a uh, systemic risk to Bitcoin. Ironically enough, Mt. Gox really had nothing to do with Bitcoin. It had everything to do with somebody who would like to dip his hands into client accounts and spend their money. Mm -hmm. um, and, you know, at some point there was going to be a reckoning about that. Was there actually a hack of Gox? I don't know. That's a whole other debate. I would argue same sort of thing here. I don't think that the issues that got IOC's price whacked here had anything at all to do with IOC. No, I, I was buying heavily there just because I knew there there was definitely some people who just were in it because it was on Polo. They yep. maybe sold on Polo, maybe transferred some to Bittrex to sell there. And I bought those walls and, you know, the resistance was very small after that. <laughs> like there's not a lot of sellers after that point and people were loading up on it. So, yeah, I got yeah. less than 1% on that there. Yeah. So, you know, I think this is an excellent testament, viewers. Seriously, man, take screenshots, write this shit down, journals, whatever you got to do. The market actually told us that there was unfinished business here. And I watched really very intently around this level here and this level here. And then if we go back, remember we just looked at a chart and we drew the gap levels. And we just said, you know, let's work our order down in there. And do you guys notice how really we could argue that the market couldn't really resolve bullishly and move to next leg until these gaps were filled in? And in essence, that's exactly what they did right here. Right? Now, regardless of whether you got wrapped up in the uh, polo delisting stuff and all that rigmarole, some people are mature enough as traders to just blindly buy levels, and that's fine. It really is a function of your maturity and your confidence um, in your own trading and understanding markets. Other people are like, you know what, I need a little bit more reassurance. I need to see some more signs of bottom. So one could argue, you know, you draw your levels. We got a whole bunch of key support levels in here. Market comes screaming down into here. Now notice that when we look at our indicators, do you see, remember Da Vinci was talking about W's in OBV? Mm -hmm. Everybody see the turn in OBV here? Down, up, down, look at this. Button. Is that a DAV right there? No, it's Pardon not. Me? That's it's not a DAV. Um, yeah, I don't, I don't know whether we'll call this a Dabo or not. There might have been others along the way yeah, here. There are others there. But the point here is, can you see the fight, right? 
And if you see the fight in OBV, and there's our good old moving average, look how it sort of supported and then broke and lost the moving average, then came back, put in structure, and then came back. And look at all these WEWWW, right? We love Ws as technicians. If we look at things like uh, Willie, right? This is where Willie really saves your ass. Does it make sense? Uh, what do we call it if we ever see the moving average in this oversold zone? Is there a name that we like to give that? Stupid. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> and of course, W's in Williams percentage. All right, look at this kick-ass W. I got a funny feeling this was the Davo right here, if there was one. Yes, there was. That looks right, like if it. we go there and there, yep, look at oh, that. Oh, yeah, there it is. It's uh, super, super powerful. Here, let's maybe move MACD up there. So uh, if we look at OBV and uh, Willie as one oscillator, I know other people like to use RSI. I think, Dav, you were talking about that earlier. Mm -hmm. There's a beautiful W in uh, Willie as our uh, moment, price momentum oscillator. And there's a nice W in OBV as your volume momentum oscillator. So the point that I'm trying to make here is that you didn't necessarily have to just go and buy the gap levels. But do you see the structure that's developing down here? Do you see the Ws? Maybe if we change this to a line chart, you can see the Ws. Can you see the W? Mm -hmm. What do you think, guys? Definitely. And then, of course, another one here, and then another one here, and then... This big honking range is another W, right? Down, up, down, breakout. There's a, three to, there's a three to one Davo there. All right, there you go, dude. Rock and roll, because it's above the moving averages? Yeah, across the-, uh, the Look AMA. at that beautiful W that you could have traded all three of these off of, eh? Mm -hmm. There's another cool. cleaner one the further down the line, and near the, near the face rip. Yeah, that, that yeah, one is, that, one. that was a three to one right there. Cool. So the point here, and, and you know, viewers, uh, we call it the Davo because Dav highlighted this, but I've seen this repeatedly over my career. The question really is what's happening here when you see this structure? In essence, this is a vote on volume and volume momentum. This is a vote on price and price momentum. So in essence, if we ever get a situation where price momentum and volume momentum are telling us the same thing, look out. All right? Very, very powerful. So uh, on balance, what's going on right now? Well, I mean, as you can see, nice rally. Did we go to new all-time highs here? Very well. Anyone? Not quite. No. Oh, I'm, I'm alert. Uh, close. That's cool. Uh, that tells me is there's lots more to go. What if you go back further though? Uh, oh, further. Right. I remember. Do you remember this? Uh, oh, in fact, oh. I remember Alex and I. Uh, I remember I talked to people. I did lots of tweets about market symmetry. Remember, and we did this study where we said, and I'm getting off topic, and this is where mm -hmm. everybody goes, "Oh, Brian, he's going off the right <laughs> now." But we did a uh, market symmetry. This was such a cool study where we just basically took that price reaction and we just said, uh, is it possible for the market just to replicate that on the other side? And look at that. Isn't that cool? I mean, it's basically just a replication exactly of that action. 
I remember called the block that. That was a few years ago. That was my first interview with them. Was just before that major rise there. No, um, cool. I think it was in May or something around there. And I remember you tweeting at me saying, "Yeah, well, the, uh, the market symmetry is fitting well with the fundamentals." From what he's saying. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and I've been enthusiastic of these guys all along. Oh, we know, Brian. Oh, oh we, we know. know. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Oh, man. Uh, uh, you got, yeah. You know, just in simplest terms, um, what I see here is, um, you know, Amanda's apartment, right? We can start thinking, uh, and really, these guys were kind of long overdue, too. Is 400% up in this area? I get the feeling it is. Uh, yeah, there we go. Look at that, right on cue. So uh, this rally was a classic Amanda's apartment right up into here, 400% had to consolidate. But guess what that means? If we consolidate through here, then at the very least, I'm going to be looking for a replication of this range above or my initial price target has to be right up in there. Oops, try that again, right up in there. And of course, I'm a big fan of the golden ratio. Anybody know what the golden ratio is? 1.618. Yep. So this creates what I like to call the parking garage. So my hunch is if we tick, one tick above that high, my next logical stopping point is actually up in this window up here. So actually, you know, I would like to see this thing just blast through here. Maybe it's not quite ready. I would actually argue the longer this consolidation, the better. Um, if we just popped up through the top here, then I think we have to head up into this area, and then we might have to do some backfilling. Um, but cool chart. I mean, definitely no doubt about it. Lots of Ws. I really like what I'm seeing here. And I like the fact that it took a real punch in the nose and it actually was able to stabilize and start moving back up. That's actually a really good sign. Is there any IOC news, Alex? Uh, yes, uh, this thing called Dions, which has been the news coming soon um, for the longest time. And I think they're, they're currently testing in like a closed beta and then they're going to open source the code and release it. Um, but yeah, it's it's pretty good. It's uh, I I looked at their wallet, downloaded it. Um, or sorry, I didn't uh, download their particular. Uh, but their the demos I've seen, um, it has a lot of the like a full feature set that you can find in like the Ethereum wallet. Like it's very clean, very uh, snappy, and uh, lots of really cool functions. So I'm pretty excited to see that that code base get released because uh, it's going to make a lot oh, of hey, everybody everybody in chat is saying it's open source and it's released as of this week i guess oh, so do, you do you guys so notice? that's that's our bump right there i, I was okay. do you guys notice there's something absent of price action in here do you see this uh, i don't know what are you talking about you see how clean this price chart is? No it's got guy. W there. Right? Now, you know, everybody's like, oh, fuck, I'll go buy it right now. No. No. <laughs> <laughs> if you did want to buy it, then you're going to draw your reload zone tool. And do you see? Wow, what a coincidence. The reload zone just so happens to be right off of this original market structure bottom. Right? So if you do want to participate in this, work your bids, be patient. 
If we do perk up, then you're going to have to drag your reload zone tool up as we go. But in essence, if, if this is the high right now, then I can start thinking about buying or adding more against this original structure bottom. And that, that should make sense, right? That's it? <laughs> I'm just telling you, right? It makes sense, right? Right? Yeah, because <laughs> it does. Right. <laughs> All right. Uh, so that's an interesting point. Can we sneak one in here? Before yeah, let's do one more. Call it a day? All right. Let me get my screen shared here. Spin the wheel. Right. I'm really proud of those boys. They really defended this uh, level really well. So yeah, they're, they're coming back with a vengeance. Uh, note. I'm not familiar with Note, N O T E. That's not like even on our. Right? I've heard people talking about uh, maybe this is different. Oh, um, the only trades on Polo. Interesting. Well, I think we can see Polo, CSX, Cryptopia, and YOLO bit. Yeah, the problem, I mean, I'll be honest with you, I have an account on Cryptopia. It's so thin. You can't really trade on Cryptopia. You just have to work your levels at your orders and just be patient. Maybe it's once we get uh, once we get Coinigy or get it integrated in Coinigy, well, that might change. Go. Yeah, maybe it will, dude. Seriously. But <laughs> it's a super, super yeah. thin market. Yobit, of course, we'll defer to Alex for his opinion of Yobit. <laughs> Whoa. That's yeah. Yeah, that was not scripted, people. That was totally candid. <laughs> um, yeah, I'm looking at uh, notes. Uh, they got a pretty good clean roadmap here. Um, looks like it's got all the normal buzzwords, something called crisp. Um all right. Proof of stake. Yeah. I, mean, I don't know. It's, it's um, all it, a spade a spade, uh, guys. Can we buy this here? No. Nope. You know, we're not allowed to buy this here. This is asking for trouble. You know, I have a bunch of notes somewhere. I think I have yeah. this. I if anything, what I would expect, Dav, is you probably got a bunch of orders to sell uh, up at higher levels. And frankly speaking, I wouldn't be surprised to see one of these insane face rips. So make sure to have your offers working and, and, and ring that register. Um, if I did want to be a buyer of this, you know what I'm going to say. It's so cliche. What a coincidence. Can you see the original market structure bottom? There's the 200-period moving average, right? There's a juicy tail that needs to be eaten. I wouldn't even be surprised if we drilled in. We could probably find some gaps down in here. Uh, but if I wanted to participate, this is where I've got to be working my bid. In fact, uh, it's a little bit late on this thing, but uh, if you worked a bit off of the 78.6, considering the market structure, we'd actually call this uh, our shark setup. But um, I'm thinking that this story's getting a bit old here. I don't know. I think it's going to pop, and then that's going to be it, just like this. And if I'm not mistaken, was this not a um, one of those uh, fair pump uh, pumps? Oh, probably. I think you were <laughs> Uh, well, there's not too many coins now that are on Polo, but not on Bittrex. I think the last one they added now was a uh, Siacoin SC, um, and now there's not much reason to be on Polo anymore. But I, I guess if you want to play with the uh, whatever note says, uh, you can easily find it on Polo. But yeah, and uh, how close is uh, Trex to opening up their margin trading? 
Um, I think it's mainly fiat they're waiting on right now. Um, that's kind of like the next step. Margin will be kind of a short follow for that. So like is Bill that, as, soon as, as soon as they introduced that margin trading, fucking Polo's toast. Oh, yeah. Well, I mean, mm -hmm. Polo can't even add new margin pairs. So I think the SEC was like, whoa, whoa, whoa. Stop right there. <laughs> Although I saw earlier today they had over 50,000 active users, by the way, which is bananas. So, uh, I mean, we were, did you guys we were freaking post? out when we saw Polo had like 19,000. We were up to 50,000 today. Uh, I would say everybody leave Polo. And, and anybody watching this, I, I swear to God, Polo has so many issues. It's not funny. Something's wrong there. I would take very huge precautions and reduce your 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 um portfolio to five percent. I would seriously seriously suggest that. Yeah, for I, I don't understand how it has been sort of uh, tooting the caution horn on a while now for Polo. So I don't understand how it's even usable. Like I have some coins there, but like I log in, I get to like my wallet page, and then all of a sudden I'm logged out again. So then I got to log in again. So I'm like logging in like ten times to try and get something done, and it really? seems like. That like a reoccurring like it's they're ddos in their own platform at that point <laughs> <laughs> they might be you know <laughs> uh but, but yeah uh, i thought it was interesting they closed down the uh, troll uh box today did you guys see that did they really wow yeah so i wonder if so many people were just bitching 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 they were like fuck it man we gotta get rid of this it's just <laughs> i think they used the excuse we're going to use the resources that we used to uh, dedicate to the troll box to further enhance the customer experience. Well, I don't mm -hmm. know about that. <laughs> well, there's a reason why Trex doesn't have a troll box. It's because you have to have it actively managed. You can't just let people say yeah. whatever the fuck they want on it. Um, so oh, yeah. that's it. they have to have someone there 24 hours a day. Yeah, it kind of makes sense what they did. It, it was a smart move, in my opinion. Uh, yeah, Poll is going to feel a little more lonely now. But um, it kind of makes sense. And, you know, I mean, it's also work. like a professionalism thing, too. I mean, when you have, you know, when you have actual hedge funds, you know, kind of getting into the space and logging it into Polo, and then they see a bunch of people just pissing and moaning 24-7, <laughs> scrolling by, it kind of doesn't evoke confidence, you know, so. Yeah. yeah. Hey, it'd be really interesting to see how this Polo story plays out. Well, if hedge funds are getting in, you know what, Polo's uh, fraud, I, I think they're running a Ponzi, they're using people's money there, because I can prove it to you. Just look at the, how, how much money you could take out. I've taken out hundreds of thousands out of Trex with no problem. I can only take out 25000 a day. Now, let's just say I had $2.5 million in Polo, and I was earning only 10% a year, just 10%. I'd never be able to get my money out at $25,000 a day. I'll take this moment to let you know that there are limits coming for Bittrex. They're enforcing them on new Ooh. users. But if your account is big enough and you want to work directly with the Bittrex team, they are willing. It's more for like personal user security rather than like money okay, laundering. Well, I, that, I, I, but thank you for that information. I need to talk to them then. Uh, if you have a legacy account, um, then you your limits are like 1,300 BTC. I think they actually made a joke a little bit of it. They made it at 1,337, so like elite. Like oh, uh, but limits are coming on the accounts. Um, but it's not to say that every account will be limited. It's it more 
it's just kind of the pump the brakes on a little bit. They don't want people getting owned and having like a hundred Bitcoin stolen. And that's where like 2FA kind of comes in. Like you only can take out one Bitcoin if you don't have 2FA. Um, so like they're, they're looking out for your, your security, even if you aren't. Um, so kind of consider yeah, that one. I have start coming. Serious. serious. You have, when you're dealing with money, you have to have like multiple levels of security. I have multiple layers of security. You have to have that or else forget oh, yeah. it. Mm-hmm. No, it's, um, I've gotten to that point now too, just where I'm more caution with, uh, who I talk to and even going to certain events, uh, I'm not being too public about it. There, there, there's definitely like risk involved now, and like uh, I've changed my sim, my my phone numbers now to not be like sim swappable. Like I'm kind of more private mm-hmm. that way. So th- this that's is, a big thing. Um, you know, definitely heed that warning. Um, the sim hijacking stuff is really getting out of control. Um, I don't know if you guys heard recently, but Coinbase basically dropped support for Authy because of it. Um, so we, we reposted that on our blog, on the Coinergy blog, but, um, you know, hack, hackers were able to basically add a number to your Authy account by just calling and socially engineering, and then they can get into all of your accounts. So, you know, just be very, very vigilant with that stuff. Um, you know, if you have, if you have stuff attached to your cell phone, um, I would even, you know, I would recommend even just getting a, a burner phone or two for any accounts that need to, uh, used sms 2fa and stuff like that so yeah everyone just double check your gmail if you're able to restore it with your phone number there's a serious fucking problem there mm-hmm. change that do not use your phone to back up anything or to recover anything yeah. because your phone number is only as secure as your phone company which is not secure they outsource everything and invest in a security key like a ub key or a treasure you. you know what i like you know what? i gotta do that for gmail myself thank you very much for reminding me i need to do the 2fa and re- remove that uh phone number sms on my because once they get your email they get everything right so mm-hmm. it's um and, and th- this is something that we're developing a product for ubic like secure access like uh once we get our funding started out in the next coming days here we're, we're gonna have a physical like uh 2FA product that actually only allows you to log in with your fingerprint. So it's, it's, they have to have your thumb if they, they want to get into your stuff uh, and, and using the blockchain to kind of be more secure because even one time passwords, if they intercept that, they got 30 seconds to steal all your stuff. Uh, so we're, we're hoping to even beat that uh, security model. Good deal. Yeah. And uh, I think uh, we can probably start wrapping it up here. What, what time do we have? I think we're a little bit over. You know, what do you guys think? Sure, I don't know. I uh, you got me all shit in my pants here. I'm like, <laughs> sorry about that, bro. <laughs> Brian. We'll go over security when I'm uh, in town next week. Okay. Like, uh, <laughs> all right. We'll, we'll do you. a thorough comb over. All right. Yeah. Um, is it my hair though? Not bad. <laughs> yeah, you need, you need a comb over, Brian. You, you have more hair than I do, Brian. <laughs> Yeah, so do I. I got like <laughs> three hairs, like Homer Simpson's. <laughs> oh. <laughs> but why is it? Why is it? And uh, okay, better not. Uh, we we, we got to wrap the show up, right? Yeah, let me do my two second. Uh, don't forget to like and subscribe. And uh, you guys will be notified of all future shows, which uh, I'm going to do a whole heck of a lot better of making sure that we keep going here um, every two weeks. So apologies for the delay. It's just been a little crazy on our end over on the Coinergy side. So That's interesting. And, uh, send it over to Brian and Dave and Alex. 
Okay, um, uh, who wants to go first? I, 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 uh, go for it, Brian. Me? You're talking. Uh, yeah, yeah, exactly. Uh, my name is Brian Beamish. If you haven't met me before, nice to meet you, everybody. Hi. <laughs> Uh, we run this site called TheRationalInvestor.co. Uh, actually, probably a good little warning to the public. If you were interested in doing our education program, this coming fall term is probably going to be the last one for a, a couple, maybe a year or two. So uh, if you were sort of sitting on the fence, I'd get your butt in there and uh, get that done. Um, actually, 2018, I'm going to spend the year just traveling and meeting all of my wonderful students. Oh, really? Planning on a stop over in Milwaukee? Yeah, oh, well, you're coming down we'll, to we'll put you up, man. Students that graduated from Milwaukee? I don't know. Mm, I know we had yeah. a guy or two that stings a, that stings a little bit. Will took your course. You're he, coming down to Chile? Yeah, i definitely going to be down in Chile, no doubt about that. Awesome. <laughs> Actually, and what's cool is that Dabs actually referred people. We actually have like a satellite now of Chileans. <laughs> Try and figure that one out. Um, but yeah, I'm going to have to spend a lot of time down in South and Central America this uh, this coming year. So heads up, just anybody who's interested in the education program, this call is probably going to be our last offering for probably a year or so. Um, I'm, I've been working my ass off. I got to take a bit of a break here. And of course, you know, financially, uh, you know, the numbers speak them for themselves. Follow me, CR investor. If you want to see, we put out, uh, we crop, we started a fucking demonstration portfolio with you. Will. You remember this like two mm. and a half years ago? Yeah, I think I remember it. 500 yeah. bucks. Mm -hmm. And we just crossed a hundred fucking G's. Yeah, that's, I mean, that's nuts. Um, you know, it, it's it's funny because you, you think back on all the, the Twitter haters and we're, you know, over the years, oh, Brian doesn't trade a lot with, you know, enough money and stuff. And then go figure, look at where you're at now. <laughs> well, I, you know, yeah, I've... I've, all, I've that, all, all that is is a commentary of risk management, right? I just mm -hmm. had to follow the rules. Yeah, exactly. I mean, well, yeah. you did it right. You know, you're not blowing your whole... Your whole wad on one uh, one trade, and like a lot of these folks are doing. So, so uh, if you are interested in crypto and you want sort of a level-headed approach, actually, I had a great tutorial with a gentleman today who was just like Brian. You know, you sort of bring a bit of maturity to this space, which uh, he hadn't seen too much before. Um, you know, we have a very adult, very mature, very professional. Uh, way that we approach uh, trading crypto. And the interesting thing, guys, is that, you know, the audience should understand this. I'll look right at you. Right? I was a broker through the dot-com days. Dot-com days, it was an equity cycle, and so those speculative equity assets, they did very, very well. This is exactly the same thing. There really isn't a heck of a lot of difference. It's just the difference here is that these are commodity proxies. I know, you know, people in the crypto space, ooh, commodity, is this a commodity? Well, think of Bitcoin and the terminology that they use to validate the network. It's not an accident that they call them miners. So um, the interesting thing about this is we're making a lot of money, but we're just applying the same basic risk management strategies and, uh, and trade decision-making processes that we applied in the stock market. There really isn't a heck of a lot of difference. So, um, rationalinvestor.co, 
come on over if you have a question or two feel free to ask me we have a public chat room but pm me on the site if you want and uh see our investor uh on twitter so there you go should i be showing the web page i was just talking to you sorry guys no it's good i think brian i think uh okay. all right yeah, yeah, yeah. we have to get crazy here well, i'm gonna be <laughs> short i'm gonna be short because we're running out of time oh my name is da vinci jeremy and uh i'm here in chile right and um, you can catch me on twitter i'm uh, da vinci j15 and also I am on the rationalinvestor.co. If you want to chat with me in the chat box, you go right ahead. I'll help you out with anything you need. Um, I have a lot of like you know uh, plan trading plans and uh, a, a nice FA that uh, Brian likes to uh, automatically share with his students. <laughs> but, uh, well, I, 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 tell, I tell every student that they have to ask you first. I just don't give it out. But I will say that. Da Vinci uh, took the course and he, he really buckled down. I was so impressed with the, the transformation in Da Vinci. But what he also did was he created a uh, fundamental analysis screener for the altcoin space, um, trying to sort of actually grade whether a coin's a shit coin or whether it's quality. And I, you're absolutely right, sir. I, uh, I, I recommend it as a good starting point for anybody who'd like to try and build screeners because very good quality work Da Vinci's done, no yeah. doubt about it. And I will share that with anybody who signs up with uh, Brian's uh, Rational Investor. Well, I'll give it out for free. That's <laughs> <laughs> a terrible model. All right. <laughs> Oh, okay. Uh, yeah, you don't need to sign up for the Rational Investor. I mean, obviously, ask Da Vinci, but if you do sign up, anything that he wants to give you, uh, I'll be more than happy to help you out as much as I can. Okay, perfect. Okay, and Alex is going, fucking Brian, would you just shut up? So I did the level one program with uh, Brian, and uh, and Da Vinci was in my class, so it's really cool to see that uh, we've all kind of grown together. I maybe didn't... Um, Put as much effort in as Da Vinci definitely did, um, but I definitely will uh, want to look at your screener tool because I think we have uh, some use for it on the Ubeck platform with uh, one of our projects. Uh, Ubeck has really consumed my time almost completely. If you guys want to find out more, there's uh, ubicsmart.com. Uh, you can join the Slack from that page. And uh, yeah, there's tons of discussion going on. Um, I know I have been kind of neglecting Block Talk for a while because kind of doing more private block talks right now or with the uh, consulting gigs. Um, if anyone is in uh, Montreal, Ottawa, or Vancouver, get a hold of me because I'm going to be in Ottawa on Monday, Tuesday for some event um, and then uh, Montreal for the weekend for an F1 race. But at the end of the month, I'm consulting in Montreal. I'm going to Vancouver for Canada Day and uh, I'll probably do some other trip while I'm doing that too. So I'm moving around, I'm doing a little cross country tour, happy to meet people. Uh, I may ask you to dox yourself just so we can, uh, I can be a little more cautious about this sort of thing now. But we will definitely get along if you guys like talking crypto. Um, and if you do have any suggestions for block talks, I am fine with setting it up. Uh, you know, if it, if it can be rather easy for me, I will definitely do it because um, I'm always happy to learn about new projects and interesting things in the space. 
And you know what? Yeah, um, th th thanks to everyone who's supporting Ubik. It's blown me away. Just like the the amount of um, community support we've had, uh, whether it's on the marketplace or in the Slack or ju just on Twitter. Like you guys are, you're blowing me away. It's uh, the community has been barring on the the funnest job I've ever had. Um, and I, I'm sure I speak for everyone here, uh, where it, it's really easy to stick around when you're working with good people. Um, I so, agree. Yeah. I agree. <laughs> Thanks to everyone on the show here too. I mean, this is always this doesn't feel like work to me. I mean, one me of either. A little bit too. Especially when yeah. you can drink on the job, right? <laughs> exactly. Yeah, it's like I'm not operating every machinery here, am I? Yeah. No robots. So I think everybody no. should know Alex officially hung up his robot uh, fixer kit, right? <laughs> yeah, I'm full time Ubik uh, and part time Block Talk right, right now. Right. So I'm, um, I maybe have a partial engineering gig once in a while, but um, yeah, I'm uh, I'm pretty much freelance right now and self employed on Ubik. Uh, we're kind of hatching up some funding options right now and uh yeah should have some office space if people want to come visit us soon Ooh, um, fancy. secretary yeah oh i have one already lined up uh, yeah. <laughs> 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 uh so yeah no it's uh, it's been exciting i'm honestly blown away and even like the the people talking with us on the slack every day it's like i've never seen anything like this you guys don't advertise or anything i was like because it's a community project you know mm -hmm. Isn't that Word of mouth is the best. Sort if, of if you have a really good product, you don't need to advertise. People will they beat it the path to your door, right? So way to go, Alex. If anybody deserves success, it's you, bud. You're a good person. Oh, it's been a fun journey. Thank you. Thank you. Cool right. and, and well, to the audience at home too, right? Like, I mean, the YouTube chat, you guys are trying to wait. I know Joel from IOC just popped in to say thank you for the kind words. So uh, props <laughs> to Joel working so hard. And um, he well, said thank you to you, Brett. You, you know, when I watched the interview, and I don't know where he did it. It might have been your show. But, man, you could really see the passion in him. Like, Polo really fucking lowballed those guys, eh? Alex, people are asking how to contact you in chat, by the way. Oh, uh, the the Ubik Slack will probably be best. Um, yeah, um, either that or on Twitter, uh, Alex underscore Sterk S T E R K or Block Talk uh, or Block underscore Talk. Um, those are two pretty good Twitter handles. But yeah, like I say, I'm in the Ubik Slack all the time. So you're not going to give us your phone number on the air? Uh, yeah, sure. It's five one nine. Area code is enough. <laughs> no, not the new no number. Phone number. Well, anyway, I really enjoy my time with you guys. It's great seeing all. Likewise. Of you. Um, and uh, I really look forward to these. These are a lot of fun. Good deal. I miss, all right, well, I miss Rob though. Too bad we don't have Rob. Yeah, right. Rob. Rob's busy working with customer issues right now. Sending me messages on Slack. So he's <laughs> he's here in I, spirit. I, I, don't all right. <laughs> I will. I definitely will. So. Cool. All right. Well, uh, we will see everybody back again in two weeks. Uh, same time, same place. Uh, don't forget to like, subscribe, yada, yada, yada. Ubik, Coinigy, DaVinci. An Ubik uh, street cred or something you just did there, Alex? What was that? Oh, yeah, no, that was, was my like gang sign, like peace out, you know, yeah. like whitewash. <laughs> okay, I, don't, I, I don't have control of the Google effects, so it's just going to be like signing off. <laughs> all right, I need like a, a white paper. Okay, here. all right. I'm, 
I'm going to reel this back in and say <laughs> thanks for watching. Is this advanced optional meeting, Alex? Ooh. <laughs> uh, cut the feed. Cut the feed. <laughs> All right, guys. Thanks for watching. And we'll see Bye, you soon. Everybody. And happy Bye. trails. Merry Christmas. Bye. Bye.